Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio for today. I hope you're having a great day. I want to talk to you about several things, but I want to start off with John 17. John 17. Is that in prophecy? Is that a book of prophecy? Let's take a look at it. This is the real prayer of Jesus. I'm reading in the um, NLT, the New Living Translation, which is a scholarly work. It's not the Living Bible. It's the kind of the New Living Translation. It was done by 90 different scholars, top scholars in the world. And it's authoritative, and I really like it. So here we go. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your Son so that he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. What I want to ask you folks today is how do you know you have the truth? And where are we going from here? So anyway, to continue, he gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way you know you have eternal life, folks. Verse 3, and this is the way to eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought you glory, or I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you have given me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All, um, all who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, like you and me are today. Now they are still in the world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of your name, the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one who was headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you, 
I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they will be filled with my, excuse me, my joy. I'm going to read that again. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so that they would be filled with my joy. The joy of Jesus, folks, is in bringing many sons unto glory. It's to glorify us. We think it's we're to glorify God. But just the opposite is true. He's bringing us to glory. We're not God. We're not the ones doing the glorifying, although what we do does give him glory just because we believe him and trust him and follow him and serve him and love him. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Don't we all want that? I know I do. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. This is what I want to get at. How do you know you have the truth? Let's read on. Teach them your word, which is truth. Now, in the King James, it says, Thy word is truth. Bingo. That's how you know. If, it's, if, it, if what they're teaching matches what the Word of God says, bingo, you've got the truth. If it doesn't, reject it, because it's not the truth. It's a lie. And there are a number of lies still purported by theologians. They don't even know they're teaching falsehoods. But to read on, verse 18, and this is John 17, the prayer of Jesus. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so they can be made holy by your truth. Wow. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Now, that would have to be you and me. We're 2,000 years down the road from the time Jesus uttered these words. That's quite a while. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, just as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and that they may be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I'm going to read that last line again. And may they be in us, that is in, Je excuse me, in Jesus and the Father, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one, as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. 
May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you have loved them as much as you love me. Wow. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Wow, that's so cool. Oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. And that's the end of his prayer. There are many, many things to be gleaned from chapter 17 of the book of John. His word is truth. That's one of the biggies. That is big. But also that there is a future for all of us, an eternal, permanent future for all of us because of him coming to the earth to provide a way for us to also have the life that he had and the joy that he had before the world began. So since that's true and his, his true joy is in bringing many sons to glory, and where's that found in Scripture? We'll find that in a minute. But since that's his joy, then it's ours also. Our joy is in telling the truth and bringing other people into the fold, so to speak. So where is that joy found in Scripture? Hebrews 2, I'm thinking, or maybe Hebrews 12. Let me just find it here. Here it is. It's in verse 10, chapter 2 of Hebrews. But I want to back up a little bit to give you some, uh, some context. Verse 5. And furthermore, it is not angels who will control the future world we are talking about. And that's what we're talking about today. For in one place the scriptures say, What are mere mortals that you should think about them? That's in the book of Psalms. Or a son of man that you should care for him. Yet you made them only a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor, and you gave them authority over all things. That's in the future. Verse 8 continued. Now, when it says all things, it doesn't, or it means nothing is left out. All things, that means the universe, in other words. But, we have not yet seen this, or all things put under their authority. What we do see is Jesus, the king, in other words, who was given a position a little lower the angels than the angels for a while, and because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone, that is, every one of us, you and me. Verse 10, God, 
for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. See, he, he didn't say he chose to glorify himself by having children. Does the Father really do that? No. He wants to bring up his children and bring them into a better, more wonderful life. Glorifying them, in other words. Verse 10 again. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. He doesn't want to be glorified, though bringing many children to glory does glorify him. He's not doing it for that purpose. He's doing it to bring us up to glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader. He went before us, fit to bring them into their salvation. How clear, how very, very wonderfully beautiful and clear that is. It's beautiful. I love it. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. You and me and Jesus, we all have the same Father, God. This is not so of cults like the Muslims, for example. No, they are following a false god. And how do I know that? Well, do, can you trust a god that would lie to you? No, you cannot. Because how do you know whether he's lying to you or not? He could be lying to you through his teeth every time he opens his mouth. In the Quran, it's okay to lie as long as you're advancing the cause of Allah. Well, Allah's lying to them. And that stinks, as far as I'm concerned. Listen to what God says in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 7. The Lord, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel says to the one who is despised and rejected by the nations, to the one who is the servant of rulers, kings will stand at attention when you pass by. This is future Princes will also bow low because the Lord, the faithful one, the faithful one, who says what he means and means what he says, he does not lie. We're going to see that again in a minute. The faithful one, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. It's not like we're choosing God. That's not real true Christianity. Real true Christianity is God choosing you and me. He selected you and me. He, he may not select your children or your parents, but he selected you. He's got a design for your life and a purpose for you that is grand. This is what the Lord says, verse 8, chapter 49, Isaiah 
at just the right time, I will respond to you. You know, it may not be your children's time to be called by God. On the day of salvation, I will help you. It's not always just today either. This is not the only day of salvation. I will protect you. Otherwise, in other words, otherwise it wouldn't be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than the Pharisees. How could that be? They've already been burnt to a crisp. Well, because there is a resurrection and a day of judgment coming, and they will be evaluated based on what they knew. I will protect you, this is continuing on in verse 8, and give you to the people as my covenant with them. That's pretty good. That's cool. I will protect you and give you to the people as my covenant with them. As a blessing. Wow. An agreement with God. A reconciliation. That's beautiful. Through you I will reestablish the land of Israel and assign it to its own people again. I will say to the prisoners, come out in freedom. Don't you love freedom? I know I do. And I love not to be lied to. I want the truth. And to those in darkness, come into the light. They will be my sheep, grazing in green pastures. In other words, he's going to sustain them and take care of them and watch over them and protect them and give them water and food. And on hills that were previously bare, on hills that were previously bare, they will neither hunger nor thirst. The searing sun will not reach them anymore. For the Lord in his mercy will lead them, and he will lead them beside cool waters, and I will make my mountains into level paths for them. Highways will be raised above the valleys. See, my people will return from far away, from lands to the north and west, and as far south as Egypt. Sing for joy, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on them in their suffering. Wow. We'll stop right there for that point. Now let's flip over to John 15 and verse 16. I want to bring out something here. I want to start in uh, verse 10, chapter 15 of John. When you obey my commandments... You remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Wow. Yes, your joy will overflow. Your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. In other words, sacrificially. There is no greater love 
than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. He's confiding with us or in us. That's intimate and secret, but he makes his secrets known to us. That is so wonderful. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. He didn't hold back. You did not choose me. I chose you. That's verse 16. That's what I wanted to show you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatsoever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Wow. Do you hear that in uh, Islam? There's no love in Islam. It's all fear. They're afraid to speak out. If there's a group and they ask for hands, a show of hands, how many believe this, they all raise their hand. Why? Because if they don't, they'll be singled out and excommunicated and probably killed. That's fear. <laughs> it's smart to be afraid of things that can kill you. Well, who wants to be a part of all that fear? Not me. No way. Jose. Verse 18 says, If the world hates you, remember it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it. But you are no longer a part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Wow. That's exactly right. That is truth. His word is truth. Jesus is God. He is God. Now, do I have any, any uh, verse on that? Let's take a look. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2, starting in verse 8. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of the king David, and was raised from the dead, this is good news that I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering. Suffering is part of the deal. And have been chained like a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained. I am, so I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. You see, God is choosing us. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. That's a scary thought right there. We don't want that. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. We cannot change him. He will not lie. For he cannot deny who he is. Verse 13. 
Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. That's what I'm attempting to do. I hope you are too. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like a cancer, as in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. They have left the path of truth. Don't do that. Don't do that, please. Claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred, which it has not, in this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. Don't be gullible. Let's get the real truth and not believe every word that comes along. You know, Satan, way back in Genesis, said, You shall not surely die. You're an immortal being, in other words. So that, was, that idea was introduced way back in the Garden of Eden their first parents. But no, we are not immortal. We do not have an immortal soul. Souls can die, according to Ezekiel 18, verses 4 and 25, I believe it is. Verse 19, 2 Timothy 2, But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his. Does he know you today? I hope he does. I hope he knows me. I'm sure he does. And, quote, all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Unquote. In verse 25, he says, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Gently reverently. Drive that way too, please. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Then I want to read this really quick as we're running out of time. Chapter 3. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, and that's what we're talking about, there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud. Now, an example is chemtrails. They're spraying chemtrails because they love money more than they love us. They don't care about us. They don't even care about themselves and their own families. They'll spray that uh, aluminum oxide and other chemicals all over the sky. And we breathe that stuff in. We drink it in. We eat it when we eat crops or meat. Ah, boy. And that gives us Alzheimer's and heart disease. Um, verse 2, continuing, They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. 
Everything goes. It's okay. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win their confidence, the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth, such as Janice and Jambres oppose it or, I'm sorry, oppose Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday, everyone will recognize what fools they are. Unquote. In chapter 4, um, he's, in verse 1, he says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. And you can read the rest of this, but my point is to follow the truth. Find it, believe it, trust it, because it's the word of God. It's not the word of Allah. It's not the work of Muhammad or Confucius or anybody else. There's only one true God. And remember that all the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will vanish away from off the earth and under these heavens. That's Jeremiah 10:11, by the way. And we'll get into more of this next week, but thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to go to the website, it's Jesus is Why, or I Tell Why, W-H-Y. And you can email me if you want to at jesusiswhy at gmail.com. There's nothing for sale on the website, by the way. And I hope you enjoy my eight books that are there. But until next time, I'm Elbert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day.